What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Jordan and Patrick Show. We are your hosts, as always, Jordan and Patrick. And uh, we are coming at you live from the midst of the coronavirus. Yeah. You know, the crisis. I really don't want to talk about it, but man, it's like, well, it's everywhere you, can't you go. Really not. You can't not talk about it. You can't not it. talk about <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. Um, so yeah, we may all be home, so you may have nothing better to do, but listen to our show yeah. within the next uh, couple days. Get quarantined. Oh, we might have yeah. to do a couple episodes in a week. <laughs> right. Nothing else to do. But record episodes and talk about nothing. because Or, or just one like 24-hour long episode yeah, where we, we just do don't it. stop talking. Just random shit. It'd be a lot of drinking. I'm good with that. Yeah. Speaking of drinking. Yeah. We have Firestone Walker. That was a nice segue. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Uh, That's the beer for this episode. It is a 2020 Parabola Vintage. It is a barrel-aged Imperial Stout. Mm -hmm. Got it from Tavor with my massive shipment that I've drank all of at this point. 20 beers. Drank them all in a week. I don't have a problem. (laughs) No, you never? Yeah, no, I never. Um, what is in this thing? There it is. It is a parable of vintage distinguished by notes of tobacco, vanilla, caramel, and plum, all imparted by extended aging in premier bourbon barrels. Savor this beer now or cellar in a cool, dark place between 45 and 55 degrees Fahrenheit. Allow it to warm up in the glass for maximum enjoyment, which I will. Mine's been sitting in the glass for about five minutes now. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. Most of the the things I got in my Tavor crate were Imperial Stouts. Just like a brief thing too, like when you say you had twenty of them and drink them in a week, yeah, that's a like for anything else. That's not for beer. It's a lot though. It, I mean, it's not though. <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're drinking like Bud Light, that's not that big a deal. I can no, that's through. true. But but I don't know if people have used Tavor, but a lot of the things we've got, if you've listened. Like, this one here is 13% alcohol. They're all very high. The one we drank last time was 14% 14. alcohol. And that was Death Valley, I think. Yeah. We drank it last night. Oh, yeah. It was last night. Yeah, Death Valley or something like that. It was also an Imperial Stout. Mm-hmm. It was good. All right. Oh, that one really tasted the chocolate. That, was, that one was seriously, seriously thick. Oh, it had the bourbon in it. That yeah. Well, one. It's, this one is too, I think. Yeah, this is a bourbon barrel. Mm. Nope, my bad. This is not a bourbon barrel. Same. This is an oaken barrel. Oaken Shield. A Thor and Oaken Shield. Thor and Oaken Barrel. Yeah, this one is 13.6% alcohol in a 12-ounce bottle. I definitely get the dark chocolate flavor. Here we go. Going to tear into it. Hope I'm you not, all are cracking open a beer. I'm not tasting Cheers. plum. Oh, yeah. You can always tell with the stouts that are oh, done in the bourbon and oak barrels... You always get that. I get the plum at the end, yeah. Right at the end. See, that's the way. I also get those subtle tobacco notes that were not subtle in the Hellboy beer. No. The one for Liz. That was straight up smoke. Drinking smoke is what that tasted like. This does do it subtly. That's really good. That's a good one. Man. I'd buy a growler of that. Absolutely. So, yeah, for this episode, that's what I'll be drinking. After that, I might crack into the Fox and the Hunted. Mm-hmm. It's a robust porter by 18th Street Brewery. What's the ABV on this sucker? A lot. I don't know. It's I don't even see it on here anywhere. It is a pint, which I will say, God bless the companies that give you all of their alcohols in pint cans or bottles. Because I prefer that. 
Yes. I don't know what the ABV is on this sucker, so. That's a pint. Yeah. Let me see. I don't see it anywhere. Me neither. Not a lot of detail on the can. Artwork's pretty decent. Yeah. A robust porter. Yeah. 18th Street Brewery. And the second thing that we always talk about, though, the action figures that we have with us. We have your action figures for this episode. They're fantastic. We'll just sit here and stare at them for the next 50 minutes. I would. It is the... Is one of those PX? Purple suit? Is she a PX? I don't know. The Mezco Catwoman figures. Yes. They are glorious. They are. Pretty impressed with them. Yeah. Yeah, purple suit and black suit. I prefer the purple suit. I did too, which I'm surprised. I was surprised. I was like, I want it because it's an exclusive variant and because it was relatively hard to find. And I thought it'd be cool to have, especially if I ever get the blue Ascending Knight Batman. So the blue and purple would go really well together. And then I end up liking the purple suit better than the green suit. Like how, like, nothing for the actual figure is different. She comes with the same sculpts, the whip, the same backpack, the same satchel, uh, and then the same hand sculpts. The only thing that's different is the color of the suit, mm-hmm. um, which I think one of the reasons I like it is because then you can see the, the black straps really stand out. Oh, that's true. On the outfit itself. Yeah, the detail. Yeah. Oh, she's got the red. Yeah, I was going to say, and yeah. the red goggles instead of green, which yep. is really, really cool. And they pose super well. They do. It's another marvel of Mezco's action figure engineering. Because, once again, like Doctor Strange, it's a thin body mm-hmm. with a really tight suit that somehow manages to flex consistently with the body to make it look right when you pose it. Actually, it's really cool that you said that. Because one thing I was noticing the other day, and I know you can notice it more with Ash since his arm, his sleeve is torn and you can actually see his arm underneath. But you can notice it on them too with the outfits being so tight. And same thing on Doctor Strange uh-huh. is that you can still see like the muscle tone in the arms. Like oh, they're, yeah. They're still shaped right. like yeah. human arms. Yeah, it's which fantastic. Is a weird thing, but they're the tailoring, awesome. the bodies, all of it. And it's it's something that. I appreciate more because I'm mainly, and we both are, mainly six-scale collectors. Not anymore. <laughs> no. Yeah, you're probably not anymore. But the, the problem with six-scale figures with the super tight suits, like Spider-Man comes to mind, it doesn't look right. When you pose the figure, it doesn't conform right to the body and it looks yeah. off. The six-scale, they, there's no balance they lean like yeah. more towards detail than anything else. Yeah. They, they, they sacrifice, sacrifice posability. Pose. They do. For detail. Yep. And which, I mean, is tremendous detail in most of the figures. Most of them look great. Phenomenal even. In certain cases, they look real as if the character was in the room with you. Right. But you can't. You can't do a lot with a lot. Do a lot of them, yeah. them no. Like the Batman figures that I have are my favorite. Between Nightmare Batman, which you got me. Oh, yeah. Um, Armored Batman, battle-damaged Armored Batman, and then standard Batman from Batman over Superman. Those are my favorite six-scale figures. You can't pose any of them. Tax suits, no better. You can do absolutely nothing with them. Yeah, you have tax suits. He's the only six-scale Batman I have is tax suit Batman, and you cannot do diddly shit with him. Armored Batman, I just tried to raise his arm up with a kryptonite spear for a picture and Mm -hmm. tore the straps off the... I mean, you can do nothing with him. It's ridiculous. So as fantastic and detailed as they are, you're so limited 
Now, once oh. again, if you're just a collector that wants to put them in a shelf, that's cool. Fine. I mean, you've got it. But I like to take pictures of them, but I'm yep. limited to what I can do. And even then, when I'm displaying them, eventually I like to change the poses. Sure. They, most of them come with tons of accessories. They do. So I'd like to change up the poses per accessory every now and then. But I also, I stand corrected. I totally slipped. I have oh, Dark Knight Rises oh, Batman yeah. as well. And he's How the is his posability? The worst of all of really? them. Really? I haven't really the messed with him. The absolute worst of all of them. Wow, that sucks. He is awful. You cannot bend like bend his legs at all. He has to stay standing. If you go to bend them forward, like you can see the crotch start to stretch. Yeah. And then as soon as you let go, it's dangerous. As, yeah. As soon as you let go, it's so tight it pulls his leg back anyway. Wow. You can do nothing with him. I yeah. I I forgot that you had him, and then when you did get him, I never messed with him at all. I didn't I realize that. Over, so yeah, you, you do. Maybe he he's can be the one for our next episode. He's awful. He still looks great. He looks amazing. He just can't do anything the with it. The sculpt him. is so good. Yeah, and it's the Rises version, right? Yep. Dark Knight Rises. So it's the most updated Bale Batman Hot Toys would have done. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's so bad. Does he have, was it him that you were telling me has the magnetic head? No. No. Magnetic head? I feel head. like you have a figure that has a magnetic head, because Flash has a magnetic head. He doesn't have a head, he doesn't have a neck peg or anything like that. His head is magnetic. So you set it on just a magnetic, you know, spot. And you oh, can it is move him. It. it is him, yeah. Because I thought his, it was innovative, and you're like, no, this guy has it. Who's old? His masked head has it. Okay. His, his unmasked head is a full neck that you put into the shoulder. I got you. His masked head, you put the neck in first, and then... Magnetics. Magnetic. Yeah. I really like that, and I wish they would do that with every single action figure. I'm not sure why they don't. It gives you posability with the head that you cannot get out of some of the figures. No. And all of them tend to have the joint, you know, where it's split from the neck to the actual head sculpt. So it's not like they're going for some of your third party figures have one solid sculpt for the realism. There's no actual joint. Yeah. But Hot Toys doesn't do that. So I'm not sure why they wouldn't do the magnetic head on all the figures. Especially with hel helmeted characters. Oh, 100%. Because that joint's going to be there anyway. It's a helmet. I wish they could have found a way to do it with Ben Affleck's Batman. I'm not sure how because it's all one solid unit, the cowl and everything, but you cannot move his head. You cannot move <laughs> it. Coronavirus. There it is. You heard it first here, guys. Coronavirus in Indiana going crazy. Actually, actually, there's a ton there's a in Indiana right in Indiana, now. Yeah. There's a ton all over the, the first, place. The uh, first corona-related death was today in Indiana. A death in Indiana? Yep. Wow, man. But the person, all they said, I'm going to sneeze again. Hold on. That's right. We don't edit, so enjoy the sneeze, guys. Yep. <laughs> yes, we go. go. Oh, yeah. Um, no, they said the only information released, no name, no gender, no nothing. Mm -hmm. The only thing released is that the deceased person, God rest them, was over 60 years old. Yeah. Which is the biggest problem. See, I can go out and do my thing. We can all go out and do our things. But really, the biggest issue with coronavirus right now is not thinking about yourself. You might be a young person that's in perfect health and can get it and be fine. But you have to stop and think about it's the older people that you're endangering or the younger people or the younger people, you know, or it's like, people who have you know, respiratory issues. Yeah. You may not be concerned it's, with, Oh, if I get it, I'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. But you could, but you, you could damage someone else. And Correct. Someone else. Yeah. I didn't really want to go on about coronavirus, but I mean, that is a valid point. <laughs> Stay home. Play yeah, video games. Exactly. Which is the main thing I wanted to talk about because we have nothing else to talk about. Video games. Only because 
I've been playing RPGs lately, which is all I prefer to play. So one of my things was, or one of my questions I wanted to ask, and this may be more difficult for you than it is for me, actually, so we may end up just branching off and talking about all sorts of video games. All right, how's this going to end up? How is this going to get us to talking about Zack Snyder? <laughs> it's going to happen. I'm trying to figure out the trail now. We'll just have to drink, we'll walk, it, drink enough to get to that yep. point. But my biggest question is because I just finished Pillars of Eternity 2, which I love you, Obsidian. I love how we always talk to the companies like they're listening. We do, and they will someday. And if not, we'll just send them to them. Like, record our episodes and send them to people. By episode three or four, I think, you actually said our, our show was brought Ryan to you Reynolds. by Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, maybe. Ryan Reynolds first, or one of... Because we were not talking really. about Jen. Yeah. That's true. I don't know. I don't Matthew know. McConaughey and Ryan Reynolds both listen. I got the new so. job, and I think about Matthew McConaughey all the time. Because I have to drive Lincolns. Yes. And every time I open it, I'm like, I was all driving right. a Lincoln before they paid me to drive a Lincoln. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. But yeah, way off. What was your... Yeah, but real quick, talking about Matthew McConaughey, I saw one of the greatest memes ever. It said, and it had a picture up there of Matthew McConaughey's face, and it said, had Frodo Baggins been played by a different actor? It said, all right, all right, all right, then keep your secrets. I absolutely lost it. That would be awesome. Uh, um, Yeah, but... Outside of Lord of the Rings memes, that's another thing I go go on for days about. RPGs. Playing Pillars of Eternity. Just downloaded Pathfinder Kingmaker. Can't wait to get into that. But it got me thinking. That and a lot of other things. Because we're heavy into D&D. So it got me thinking. What is the greatest art medieval RPG of all time? And this for me was difficult. Because I've played a lot of them. But it just hit me that for you it may not be as difficult. Because you played them. But I don't know how many of them you've completed. That doesn't mean I didn't enjoy the ones <laughs> good, I played. Good point. Greatest medieval RPG. Or you know fantasy RPG more or less. I mean if we're talking medieval we're, we're very limited. We're talking about you know Kingdom Come Deliverance. And that's about it. That was the first thing that popped in mind. Is like, yeah. If I we're talking medieval. I didn't finish it because it's hard as Fuck. It is, man. But that is an amazing game. And the realism is unprecedented in video games. I will take a moment to to pub them. It's a game I'll never finish, which sucks for me to say. But I don't have the patience or the skill to beat it, even on like easy or whatever. I just cannot do it. But the realism, like you said, the realism... Everything else is off the charts. They went nuts on that game, and it works really, really well. It's I just point, suck at it. If, if anybody else hasn't played it, but it's a RPG, but it's first person, set obviously in you know the Middle Ages in Europe. But um, like with it being first person, they go so overboard with the realism that if you equip your character with a helmet, it actually restricts your vision. It takes away yep. parts of the screen. You can't see. It's them. miserable. Because the helmet would be covering your face, so it literally covers your screen. Yep. It makes the combat super hard. Because the combat without that is super hard. It is. I mean, using the bow and arrow, which I'm surprisingly good at, which makes no sense. I suck with the sword combat. I started using the bow and arrow just because I couldn't do the sword thing. This is hard. Let me stand in the back and, okay, I can do this a little better. Yes, I can do the bow and arrow thing, and I'm awful with, with swords. But I like there's a tournament in like the second the big city you get to mm-hmm. after the, like the prologue. I ace that tournament with the bow and arrow. 
But then I went out into the real world and tried to fight, and I, <laughs> I got wasted. I did not get far, and I, I feel bad because it really is a fantastic game. But Deep Silver, man. Yeah, Deep Silver can publish some amazing games. They were the publishers for Pathfinder Kingmaker, I believe. But it's made by Alcat, but I believe they're the publishers. But I really thought about this for a long time today, and I this was hard for me personally because there's so many that i love fantasy is my number one thing lord of the rings you know give me a sword and that's going to be something that i love so this was hard for me because i will play any fantasy rpg i can get my hands on so while it was difficult for me that's hard because you had time to think about it you just threw it I on did. me so i'm I, trying yeah. to think of all i was going to tell you earlier but i was like no no i don't think, I, don't think I, I will, will. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm springing this on everyone else that's listening too what are your favorite? And if you haven't played these, that's the biggest thing. You know, we've got quarantine going on. No one's going anywhere. Whatever is going on, play some RPGs. Your life will be better for it. You'll thank me later. And I've got a whole list I can go down of RPGs in general, and I'll probably get to them before I name what was my Not favorite. Dragon Age? It's on there. Yeah. See, that that's the hardest for me. Because Dragon Age was the very first console game I played when I was like, you know, an adult, when I was paying attention. Like I had the PS2 back in the day, but in the limited amount of games we were allowed to buy when I was a kid because we were so restricted, I ended up playing nothing but sports titles on the PS2 mainly. Right. It was when I got the PS3 that I actually played what I wanted to play. And Dragon Age Origins was the very first game I ever bought for my console very first one i had no idea what it was i just walked into GameStop. i didn't know what it was when i bought it for Xbox yeah i walked in games like oh this looks cool read the back oh i'm in this bought looks, it i was all in this looks cool it's 17 dollars. i'll give it a try exactly i was the same deal for me but and it was it had been out for a long time because i bought the the case that had awakening included so did I. <laughs> it took me so long to get to it but after that gaming was changed for me and it's never been the same i have a standard now I played that game, and it's like, here, way up here, I'm going to do the Tom Cruise with me, without me, <laughs> with me, without me. But Dragon Age was way up here for my gaming standard, and that's why a lot of games for me are hard to get through, because there's there's a standard that they rarely meet. Yeah. That's how I am with shooters. First, first game sure. I ever bought for Xbox 360 was Gears of War 1. Hmm. The very, very first game I ever bought for Xbox One was Gears of War 4. <laughs> um, so, like, Gears of War has always been... Not I, so much since I've switched over to the PlayStation. And their exclusive titles are above and beyond just fucking amazing. But for the longest time, it was, like... If it wasn't Gears, it was automatically, like, 10 points low. On I list. agree. And then it had to live up to the standard that Gears set. It honestly, Especially games like... Gears was revolutionary. With whole, to me, anyways. I don't know if there was games around before. But um, the first game I had really played that had the whole uh, blind fire, cover-based combat. The fast swapping of weapons with the D-pad. Um, and then, of course, the just brutal, over-the-top violence. Which was amazing. Yes. So from then on, everything had to try to, to reach that standard and yep 
few games ever did. Yeah, and it's a detriment to other games that I played later on that were good games. But at the time, I, I mean, I've managed to lower my standards now and accept a game for what it is. I did too after Gears 4. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. But speaking of Gears, it's honestly the reason that I struggled to get through Halo. And I didn't really appreciate Halo until much later on in life. Because when I had the 360, my first, you know, shooter experience was Gears. Oh, yeah. And I played through, all three of them were out, and I played through them all. One, two, three. And then after that, I decided, all right, I'm going to switch over to Halo. And I didn't, they are, and I didn't like Halo. For one, because the original Halo, there is not a lot of story to it. Even the Anniversary Edition tries to implement it, but it's really just kind of, no, here you go, go fight. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really all it is. And the second one really hurts itself with spending half of the game as the Arbiter, in my opinion. So, one, I could hardly get through number one. I finally did. Number two was like, eh. And then it took me years to get into number three, which is the best one I played. But it's the last one I played. I haven't played anything beyond that. But it's Gears' fault. (laughs) <laughs> that I didn't like one and two because I expected storytelling on the Gears of War level. Yeah, that's the thing. That's when not what Halo, Halo was. Halo is rife of story, but the first game doesn't have that where they're telling you the story. No, it's hey, there's a giant ring, and all the character, and it works when you go back and play it because you after really, you know what's going on. After yes, you, yeah. When I first played the first Halo on a, on original Xbox, I hated it. Thought it was boring, and then just played the multiplayer with friends because that was fun. After I had played Halo Three, fell in love with Halo Three, went black, <clears throat> went back and played Halo One. Actually, understood what was going on. I love Combat Evolved, and then played Halo Two. And yeah, I'm with you on that one. Halo Two, Halo Two of all, it's still a great game. Five games. Halo Two is my least favorite. But I would agree. It, it took me a long time to move on to three because I no, I didn't like two. Halo Five is my least favorite. Guard is that the one with Locke? Yeah, yeah. Because I fuck that it, guy. Obviously. I don't care about him at all. <laughs> not in the none of the fans did. But yeah, it's Halo Five and Halo Two, the mm. ones that are not like, focused on Master Chief, and they don't break it evenly. In Halo Two, mm. you spend more time as Arbiter. You, than do. you do as Master Chief. An insane amount. And in Halo Five, you spend so much time as Locke and very little as Master Chief. And I would be more okay with, especially Arbiter. Arbiter's story is super cool. And he's a cool character, and digging into the lore of the Serengeti or Serengeti, the elites, whatever. Yeah, the elites. That's digging all I got. into their lore, and then the lore of the Covenant, and the role of the Arbiter, and digging into that is really cool. Had it been its own separate game, I agree. Let me go that way and play that story, blah blah blah. And then when Halo Two comes out, let me play the entire thing as Master Chief, like they did right. with Halo ODST. Halo ODST takes place at the same time as Halo Three. Master Chief's not in it at all. Right. Yeah, it's completely separate events. You get to see the repercussions of what happened during Halo 3, but you're playing the whole thing through different people's eyes. Yep. And it really worked. I loved ODST. My favorite Halo game, and this may be blasphemy to the hardcore it's Halo not, fans. because it's an amazing yeah, game. Yeah, you know what I'm going to say. Yeah. I'm not a hardcore Halo fan, um, but as a guy who's played most of the games, my favorite one is Halo Reach. I played at least half. I played 1, 2, 3, and Reach. I have not played ODST or 4. Oh, there's 5 now. Or Halo Wars. Or Halo Wars 2. Oh, I didn't know. Or what Halo, Halo, Halo Spartan Assault. Spartan Assault. Oh, Halo Wars are the RTS games. Yeah. yeah. And those are amazing. So yeah, I haven't even played half. 
So take my Halo opinion with a grain <laughs> of salt. But Halo Reach was my favorite one. Halo Reach was amazing. Absolutely. And again, awesome. it's the same thing. You're telling a different story that doesn't involve Master Chief, so he's not in it. No. Don't make me play as Noble Team and then have me switch to Master Chief. Yep, I agree with then that. then I only want to play as Master Chief. And then all the other characters, and that's what happened to Locke. It's not Locke's fault. But when you're putting him up to Master Chief... No one wants to be No him. one cares. Right, yeah, exactly. If you would have made a game just following him and let people introduced to that, be introduced to that character and his team yep. and not have Master Chief involved, fine. Then they get a chance to... But if they're playing it and they can play as Master Chief, they're always going to have that... Look right. in the corner, like where the fuck's Master Chief? Exactly. Or burning through the game, trying to get to the points where you're playing yeah. as Chief, and yep. you're not caring about exactly what's going right. on as Locke. Yeah, I understand that a hundred percent. And that's. But no, Halo Reach was amazing. Yes. And just the way, because oh man, it's very much like um. Star Wars Rogue One, and A New Hope. Where it is really, yeah. Yeah. I know, yeah, I see what you're saying. So Rogue One ends with them getting the Death Star plans away from Darth Vader as Vader obliterates everybody. And then the ship falls into space and escapes. And A New Hope picks up with the Star Destroyer following that ship, the Tantive IV. Yep. And Hal- Tantive V? Um, it's V. It's 1V. Is it 1V? I think. So that would be 4. I always get confused between Tantive and the planet Yavin. Oh, good point. Them, I think I'm doing the same thing. Both of them have the Roman numerals after Crap. them. And I always forget. Now I'm, I'm wondering if Is I it have it right. Is it Tantive 5 and Yavin 4? I know it's Yavin 4, which would be 1V. So then Tantive 5. Maybe, maybe you're right. I don't right. know. Anyways, Anyways, I digress. Y'all know what we're talking about. Halo Reach ends. And actually, if you... I, I think you had to beat it on Legendary. You may not have, but if you beat it on Legendary... Um, at the end when the camera is in the Pillar of Autumn and it's looking out as the planet or as the ship raises off the planet I think you had to beat it in Legendary to do it but if you did during the cutscene you could actually move the camera and if you move the camera to the right Master Chief is sitting there in, his, in a cryo sleep no kidding which is awesome because Halo Combat Evolved the very first game Hopefully, if you're listening and you know about Halo, then you know where I'm going. If you don't, well, then it's, it's awesome. been a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Halo Reach ends with, or Halo One starts back in the day, back in 2001, with Master Chief being woken from cryo sleep. Yes. Um, the Pillar of Autumn jumps out of slip space. There's a giant ring there, and they mention the Covenant following them since Reach. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. And like you said, that's all you. Yeah, and at the time, get. I'm like, what the hell? Well, I don't understand what's going on. Right. Then you play Reach. The Covenant attack Reach. The Spartans try to defend it. They fail. Reach falls. And you but end... But they would have it be such an end. Such an end. <laughs> Ride with me. <laughs> they, uh, the game ends with you getting Cortana to the Pillar of Autumn. The Pillar of Autumn leaves and takes off and makes that jump. And then you go straight into Combat Evolved, which literally begins with the ship appearing from the jump. Yeah. So that it's super well done. They're really the shining examples of how well prequels can be made. Yeah. Like if you look at things like Rogue One, like you were talking about, and things like Halo Reach, prequels can be absolutely incredible know, if they're done right. I get so mad when people are like, another prequel, we don't need a prequel. Like, No, no, no. If it's done we right, We may man. not need a, a prequel, but if they're done right phenomenal like you said reach 
is one of the best games in the franchise. And it's a prequel. It has nothing to do with Master Chief, but it was yep. so well written and so well done. And I would say the same thing about Rogue One. It's one Rogue of my One favorite Star Wars films, Star Wars just movie. because of what it adds to the overall mythos it's of Star so Wars. It's so well written. It literally, and I'm so, like, yeah, the Darth Vader scene is cool, but that's not the only reason the movie's good. Without that scene, it still would have been yeah. uh, just as good, in my opinion. So, it builds up to A New Hope so well, perfectly well. It's so well written. All the characters are super cool. It creates a new villain who's awesome. You get to see the construction of the Death Star. You finally get the kind of, it's kind of a plot hole. It's finally explained as why is there this gaping hole right. in the Death Star yep. that they can easily just shoot down and blow it up. Yep. Well, it was put there on purpose so that it could be destroyed. Yep. And then you finally get to see for the first real time in the original era, like the the feel of the full scale galactic war that's going exactly. on. Exactly. And that's one of the my favorite things about it. You get that military sense. Yeah, it feels very much like a, like a Saving Private Ryan right. style film. Where, yep. It's glorious. Because it's very, I mean, they talk about it and they mention it. And there's a lot of battle scenes in the original trilogy. But it's always like, it always feels like this is the last little remnant of the rebellion. Right. And it's just the Empire hunting them down. Whereas Rogue One actually, it feels like an open war. Which is right. something I want to see. That's yeah. what one thing, and I get a lot of flack for this. That's one of the things that made Episode Two so good. You get the full yes. scale of the clones and the droids and the Battle of Geonosis, and it feels like an actual war going on instead of just skirmishes or battles. Right. And to see all of the Jedi, if we're talking about Attack of the Clones, to see so many Jedi come to a certain point and basically face defeat. Oh, you know, yeah. because in your mind you're like, well, we have all these Jedi; it's no contest. No one can kill a Jedi, right? But it gives you an it gives you an idea of just how powerful that because most of the droids up to this point, you're laughing at their jokes, they're yep. Roger Rogering out there and stuff yep. like that. But no, this gives you a sense of just how powerful the droid army can be. And I, I that was one of my of all the films, I would say Attack of the Clones would be my n- no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not including The Last Jedi. It's always the least favorite. But of the Star Wars films that I enjoy, Attack of the Clones is probably, and this sounds like a massive slight to it, it's not meant to be, but it is probably my least favorite. Still great. But that is the shining moment of the entire film for me, is the way they really make you, and that's one of the best things about Star Wars, is making you want to know more about the universe. And they do the same thing, that you want to know more about the Clone Wars when you watch Attack of the Clones. Oh, yeah. And then you watch the Clone Wars show. Or most of it, like me. Yes. I'm not caught up. That's okay. I've still only have I've only seen the first episode of the new season. Um, I have not watched any further. I want to so bad, but the first episode is so bad. It has... It bothers me. Yeah. I know that... I don't know how many episodes are in now, but I've seen articles saying, you know, we've, we've reached the end of the, the Bad Batch. So it seems like they've been involved in every episode so far, and now now they're phased out for oh, the rest good. of the season. Yeah. I'll just start. But it took four episodes, episode. I think, to get to that point. They're... Hey, maybe they all died. You should fingers watch crossed. <laughs> because, and the thing they had such potential to be cool characters, but some someone done messed up at Aaron. Whoever did the writing, for the I remember dialogue. you telling me how bad the dialogue was. Or we talked about it on the show, actually. Yeah, and yeah. the character development. Or the character 
the characters themselves, like their core abilities, right. is too much. My biggest problem with the whole thing would be, okay, so you have how many seasons of The Clone Wars? Five? Six. Six. The new one is the seventh. So you have six seasons of The Clone Wars, and then you start off season seven by telling a story with a brand new batch of characters? That the clones themselves don't even know exist. Yeah, see, I don't like that idea. The, clo- like the clones are like, we're bringing in these guys, and like they've heard rumors of the Bad Batch. Yeah. But some of them are like legit like, who's that? You see, really? I, I, I don't You've like that idea. You've been fighting for five years right. and you haven't heard of these guys? Yeah, you have six seasons and you start off your final season by telling a bunch of episodes about a group of characters that have never been previously mentioned. It's like, yeah. no, you that, have other not characters. Not only do they, because I get it, you know, at a galactic scale war, sure, stories aren't going to reach other planets and other uh, uh battalions you're not going to know every single story of every single battalion but the things the bad batch can do you everybody know. should know about them yeah the the big heavy guy i forget his name now i've forgotten all of them because i don't care <laughs> but the big heavy guy the crazy guy who always does is yell and scream and laugh in the face of death like all right we get your point you're not afraid of death you don't have to laugh at it every single fucking time you have a dialogue <laughs> stupid but he can literally lift a, uh, don't do one it. Of don't their, say it. Yeah, one of their gunships no crashes way. and Commander Cody gets stuck in it. And uh What? Uh one of the is it Rex, I think? Rex goes up and he's like, We gotta get him out of there. And Hunter or whatever from the Bad Batch, like calmly like puts his hand on him and like like it's no big deal. Just like nah. And then talks to the big guy and the big guy walks over and he's like, ha, 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 and literally grabs underneath this fucking gunship that's on no. top of Cody and I'm just done. goes and like he doesn't lift it in the air but he flips it like off of Cody no. like that's too much I know it's a cartoon and I know it it obviously crosses the line with some things I mean in the episodes I've seen you can tell it has that some of them have a kitty vibe some of them are super adult but no no I'm out on that every one of them ha- on every that. one of them has cool abilities that really uh complement each other but they're but not ev- superheroes. But then every single one of them takes those powers to a level further than it should. Like I told you, Hunter literally can, like something about feeling the electromagnetic field in the air or whatever. They literally have a line of dialogue in there where he can tell them where the base they're looking for is, no matter where he is on the planet. I remember you telling me that. Like if he lands on the planet, he can tell you what you're looking for because he can feel it in the air. Like, well then... Why is why are they not using that? Yeah, they Call in be, some orbital drops, right? man. If he can tell you where targets are at, they should be put him on a planet most, and bomb some shit. Yeah, they should be the most utilized. Group yeah, every of all clone, the clone should army. know who they are yeah. because they should be on the forefront of every battle. Which then would also raise the question: So they're just clones? How do they have these special abilities? Like, that's why the hell do they? That's come why they're from? the bad batch. They're, so they they're got, the they got desired genetic mutations. Is what they say in there. Desired. So what? They tried to like infuse them with like Basically, Darth Plagueis the Wise's something genes. They can do all kinds of shit. Huh. It's crazy. Yeah, I feel like, and that's that's it's one of my much. things. I love Dave Filoni, but he he can make Star Wars his playground to an extent, to where he almost like he is a kid in a playground yeah. doing whatever he wants, and that Just that's like what Johnson. it feels like to me. N- not quite. <laughs> no, no, not not consistently. Correct. But some of his stuff is like not not that bad. Yeah, but it feels I, I, like he's doing it for the sake of doing it. Yeah, he is. Like, well, there's yeah. no reason to make a clone that strong. Give me the reason because I can, dude. Ahsoka is because he can. Yeah, 
Which is bums me out because Ahsoka is actually becomes a pretty cool character at one point. Right. I can't stand her for the large cool. beginning portion of the show. Um for a long time. I can't stand me her. Me too. As yeah. she like becomes an adult and I don't know, her personality shifts a little bit. She becomes a cooler character, a more tolerable character at the least. She really becomes a pretty cool character for me when she uh leaves the Jedi Order. Nice. But um I was gonna say spoiler alert, but I feel like I already told you that before, so Yeah, I think we talked about it actually on the um, last last time we talked about Clone Wars, I believe we covered that. Yeah. Um what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, yeah. I don't remember what I was going to say. There's literally no justifiable reason to make the clones that strong. No, I can't think of one. Period. And I haven't seen the They're whole... powerful. I haven't anyway. caught up on the entire show, but it seems like something that's not only unnecessary, but it just necessary. raises... Yeah, it just raises questions that don't need to be raised. Honestly, yeah, because if you can make the Bad Batch with desired genetic mutations, why aren't you doing it to all your Absolutely. clones? Absolutely. That, that's the main thing I thought of. It's like, okay... If you have well, that why ability, just do it to a few? Yeah. Insert certain when genetics into them all. you're watching thousands of clones die, maybe you're like, huh, yeah. this Bad Batch has survived since day one. Yeah. Maybe we let's, should do other desired genetic Right? Mutations. Let's grab some of Yoda's sperm and let's do this. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just raises questions that don't need to be raised. And I raise questions just now that don't need to be raised. <laughs> no. Put that shit away. Yeah, Yoda. Um, I don't know. I don't you judge know. me by my size, do you? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we're in the weeds. Didn't take long. I don't know how we even got off into Star Wars. There's two things you can count on. We're gonna talk about Star Wars, or we're gonna talk about Zack Snyder, from here until the end of time. As even long as this if, show goes on, even if we don't go into depths. Of conversation. Oh, we're still going to talk about About it. Star Wars yeah. or about the Zack Snyder universe. We don't have a choice. One thing you can always count on is, even if we just take a brief pit stop in the Star Wars conversation, we're always, always, always going to A, praise Zack Snyder, <laughs> and B, bash Ryan Johnson. That's correct. That's always going to happen every time. Yeah. If you believe in predestination, then it, we are a shining example. <laughs> that's, that's can't help it. Can't control myself. No, we can't. But while we're talking about Star Wars... Like the coronavirus is terrible. You know what else is terrible? <laughs> Ryan Johnson. <laughs> we're Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon. Fuck that guy too. <laughs> because what he did to Zack Snyder's movies. <laughs> yeah, we have a problem. Yep. But if we're going to talk about Star Wars, which we are and we have, mm -hmm. um, before we take a brief intermission to get more beer, which we hope everyone else will do the same... Um. To talk about Star Wars, and this can kind of segue into our next segment when we come back. Knights of the Old Republic, is, if we're talking RPGs in general, which we started this way down there, talking about RPGs. Way, way back, way back there, Morty. Yeah. Um, Knights of the Old Republic is one of the first that I ever played. Because I had a laptop, and we played Knights of the Old Republic on the laptop. And that's one of the greatest of all time. Holy cow. It's been a minute, but yeah. It just hit me. I think I have it. I went I went willingly into the Star Wars conversation to get away from the question you asked. Because I couldn't think of it. <laughs> but Diverging. now I think, um, I think my favorite, and not necessarily the best, but my favorite fantasy RPG of all time oh. uh, would be 
either Champions of Norath or Realms of EverQuest. Mm. Just I spent countless hours in those games. Can't carry can't, anymore. Can't play this anymore. <laughs> uh, just nonstop. I love, love that game. Yep. PS2 version. Yep. That's what I had. So between that or Fable 2. Ooh, Fable. Ooh. Yeah. That's good stuff to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Fable 2 was so good. From there, we will definitely pick up. Um, we're going to take an intermission. Yeah. Like I said, to refill the beer, take a piss, do whatever. You guys do the same. Enjoy this Star Wars-esque music. We will be back in a minute. guys welcome back thanks for uh, chilling with that brief intermission hope you grab more beer we're gonna break into uh at least i'm breaking into the fox and the hunted New robust porter by 18th street brewery enjoy this sound oh yeah it's a glorious sound actually before this i was working on uh, action figure dioramas before this and i've already had um Three pints before we even started the episode. Pints? Yeah. I had uh, double hopped IPA. I'm getting one. A Vienna lager. Um, a stout. And then we started the episode and I had the uh, Parabola stout. Which is 13% alcohol. Yeah. And now I'm into the Fox and the Hunted. So this will be my fifth pint in about three hours. Nice. Yeah. I dig it. Absolutely dig it. Beyond that. Back to the uh, previous statement, where you said uh, Champions of Norath were Fable 2. Yes. Yeah. It's funny, because I made a list of my some of my favorites. And neither of them were on there? Fable was on there. Um, I never played Fable 1, so I don't know. Fable 1 is, is really good. It's not as good as 2. And 3 is not as good as 1. Yeah, 3, three is really a massive disappointment. Me off on yeah. the franchise. Um, but Champions, I forgot about. Champions is so good. Yeah, I How can't forget about it. We say How do I? I know, all right? The time. And it's one of the things I remember as like 13, 14 years old, I would sit down, play Champions 
pop my headphones in, and listen to random music on the radio while just playing Champions for days on end. Oh, yeah. Like that's all I did back in the day when you didn't have a job, you didn't have to care about anything. You just stayed home and played video games. Tell me about the good old exactly. days. Exactly. And Champions was chief among the good old days. Absolutely love that game. I don't know. Can you? You probably can't get it for consoles nowadays. No, you'd have to like, get it for at least. It's PS2. not on Game Pass or anything. No. Yeah. Everybody kind of just forgot it existed. Yeah, that sucks. Things that should not have been forgotten <laughs> were lost. Exactly. That does suck. If you guys have a PC, if you're a PC gamer, if you have Steam, grab Champions if you haven't played it. Because this episode, we're going to get heavy. I'm going to get heavy at least, into RPG fantasy games. They are my all-time favorite thing in video games. That may change when Cyberpunk comes out, because I have a huge erection for that game, and it's not <laughs> even out yet. So that could take, you know, top spot. But preceding that was CD Projekt Red's Witcher 2 and 3. I personally feel like Witcher 2 gets a bad rap. Just in the sense that it's so fucking good and nobody talks about it and i don't know if it's because it was exclusive to the xbox and the pc so it didn't get played as much but witcher 3 gets the pub is one of the greatest games of all time and it is but witcher 2 gets a bad rap in my opinion because it's phenomenal absolutely phenomenal and there's characters actually in witcher 2 quite a few that aren't even in witcher 3 really that i love like Yorvath. He's an elven archer. One oh, yeah, my, I remember Yorvath. Yeah, one of my favorite characters from Witcher 2. He's not even in Part 3. Not even mentioned, I don't think. Yeah, which really sucks. Fucking love that game, though. You spend a lot more time with Roach and his band in yeah. Part 2. Those guys are awesome. Can't wait till they show up in the TV show. What was, oh. what was the name of his short-haired... I know what you're talking about. Uh, little guard. Yeah, she's barely in Part 3. Is she in Part 3? She is. Oh, man. I banged her so hard on you. <laughs> well, you're Geralt, so if you decide you're going to do something, you can you can basically do it. Yep. Um, she's in part three. She was a hottie. She's in part three, but not a lot. But Roach is hardly in part three, yeah, actually. Not very much from what I remember. And I've beaten part three four times now. <laughs> um, and there's very little Vernon Roach, which is really sad because he's a fantastic character. Fantastic. And so is she. I cannot remember her freaking name. Start with a V, I thought. <sighs> Probably does. I can't remember. I don't remember. Great character. Speaking like a dwarf. Um, speaking of dwarfs, there's a lot more interaction with the dwarven characters in Witcher 2. Um, that's one of the things. Part 3 is so great, but it really focuses on Geralt trying to find Ciri and then the events preceding that. It doesn't focus as much on characters as part two does like assassins of kings really really spends a lot of time on characters especially roach tris yorvath um at least those i I would say dandelion doesn't get as much time as he does in part three maybe but the other characters you know Geralt's trusty sidekicks they get a lot more time spent with them in part two which might be one of the reasons i love it because in all of RPGs, one of my favorite things about them, and my favorite RPGs of all time, are the ones that spend time with the companions. Because that is what I give a shit about. I enjoy the companion world building and things like that that RPGs do. Or don't do. Some of them don't do it and they're still great. But the ones I prefer 
do it. Have you tried this? Yes. Yeah? It's interesting. And we are speaking of the Fox and the Hunter. It doesn't taste nearly as dark as it is. No. It's a robust porter that is black as night. And it's that it's very faint. And maybe it's because we just came off the Firestone, which is incredibly tasty. But this one's a little, uh, I don't know. I get a lot of coffee out of it. That's about it. Very much so. Yeah, a lot of yes. coffee. It's like drinking iced coffee. Iced coffee. Love around. Yeah, not too bad. But, back to RPGs. Fantasy RPGs, in particular. You brought up Champions. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Part okay. 2. Well, both. Yeah, but Realms part... of Request and Return to Arms. Return to Arms is part two, right? Yeah. Yeah. Realms of EverQuest, I don't remember as much. I played part two much more than I played part one. But it's been so long they could run together, so I, I'm not sure. And then Fable 2. What I have as far as fantasy RPGs are obviously Dragon Age Origins, part two, and Inquisition. Elder Scrolls Oblivion. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, Witcher 2 and 3. Divinity 1 and 2. Pillars of Eternity 1 and 2. Baldur's Gate 1 and 2. Neverwinter Nights. And that is about it. I feel like Pathfinder Kingmaker will be on there, but I haven't played it enough to know. But off the top of my head, as far as fantasy RPGs go, those were the top ones. Goodness, dude, calm down. Yeah, there's a lot there's of like 42 on your list. Yeah. Well, off the top, you've played and beaten Origins. Dragon Age Origins. Yes. Dragon Age Origins is amazing. Did you beat part two? Hell no. Okay. And you didn't beat Inquisition? No, no. Um, you beat Oblivion. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Greatest Oblivion was the very first game on Xbox three sixty that I hundred percent had earned. Well, I mean, you don't hundred percent something like Elder Scrolls because but I mean, I earned. Every I know what you're saying. Yeah, every single achievement for Oblivion. Didn't even do that for Skyrim. Skyrim? No, because Skyrim is not as good as Oblivion. And not. I'll, I'll, we will both stand and fight I'll, on that hill. I'll die on that hill. I will die on that hill. Oblivion I agree with is you. Better than Skyrim. It is. Um, I'm like Stephen Crowder sitting there behind the desk. Oblivion is better than Skyrim. Change my mind. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we need to do that um, for the poster for this episode. Put our faces on the Steven Crowder and... Uh, Change my mind. Yes. Yeah, Oblivion's better than Skyrim. Change my mind. Um, Witcher 2 and 3. I know you haven't beaten 3. Have you... You played 2, right? I played 2. Okay. Um, you haven't played Divinity. I don't think. Have you? I played the first one. I didn't get into the first it. first one is not nearly as good as the second. In my opinion. Um, I know you haven't played Pillars of Eternity... You didn't play Baldur's Gate back in the day, did you? No. Those are phenomenal. You, so you didn't play Neverwinter Night? No. I didn't play RPGs as a kid. Until, I didn't either, man. I I've done them all as an adult. Until I discovered uh, Champions. I've wasted my adult life catching up on all the RPGs <laughs> I never <laughs> the could old play. Ones. Yeah. The games of Yule. Yeah, they are. Because Baldur's Gate, which is another Bioware thing. Baldur's Gate, Knights of the Old Republic, the Dragon Age games. Mass Effect. 
Oh, Mass Effect. We're going to go down the total rabbit hole of RPGs, which we can <laughs> and we should. Honestly, Bioware, there's no one even close. They kill it every time. Yeah. Overall, they make choice-based, companion-based, story-based, as well as having engaging combat and gameplay. Nobody compares. And as far as like conversations feeling like they're vital. Abs- even if feeling, they're not. Even Yeah, they feel even if like not. they impact the world. Yep. Um, everything feels important. If it's not important to the galaxy, it's important to your character. If it's not important to your character, it's important to your followers. Yep. So it's really... And Bioware kills it every time. Clear back to Knights of the Old Republic. To oh, yeah. Clear up to Dragon Age Inquisition and Mass Effect Andromeda. Everything feels important. Which is a... <sighs> I guess a good segue into a game we started playing again yesterday. Anthem. Which is so different from what we just discussed. That's true. In Anthem, nothing feels important. No, they give you dialogue options, but they don't matter. None of it's important. What's great about Anthem... Not even are they not important to the story, but they're not important important to even the conversation. They're not. They don't matter to you. Once the conversation's over, you're going to get experience for that action. That's it. All it... All your answers really do is determine if that character is your is okay with you or a little bit mad at you for the duration of that conversation. When you go back and talk to them again, doesn't even carry like they don't remember it. Nothing carries over. There's actually a character, and I don't know if you've talked to him yet, but he's a tailor. Seems Duncan or something. I don't know. But you can actually get to a point where his shop burns down in Anthem. And you can go back and talk to him afterwards and it's like, you know, nothing. So it's like, it, it speaks to your point where nothing matters in that game. Which is weird because the the best part of that game is the gameplay. Yeah. The, the playing as the it's, javelins, This is it's the a first blast. time since a kid, as a kid I skipped cutscenes. I skipped conversations. Because all I wanted to do was play the game. As an adult, I turned away from that. I love story building. Right. And lore building. And, and building relationships with characters and also getting as much detail as I can before I go into this mission where I, I don't understand everything. Not since I was a kid until Anthem. On Anthem, I skip all the conversations. Yeah. None of them feel like they matter. They don't give me information I feel like I need. So I'm just spamming the circle button to get through them all. And you can take it from someone that took his time with every one of them hoping that it mattered. And then I got to the end of the game and realized, well, none of this mattered at all. The time I've wasted. Yeah, exactly. What have I done? And it, it it's because it was Bioware. So I'm like, no, this is all going to matter at some point. And then I beat the game and I go, like, oh, shit, none of it matters. Nope, wrong again. <laughs> no, wrong again. So, yeah. Segwaying into Anthem, I don't know if anyone's played it. I don't know if it's your thing. It's a Destiny clone to a sense, um, but I will say that it's better, in my opinion, even still, regardless of the issues. It's more enjoyable than Destiny. Because Destiny's story is not that great anyway. Not only is it not great, but I feel like Destiny's combat is also very generic and typical, where at least Anthem gives you... You mean a first-person shooter where you just jump and shoot? Correct. Jump and shoot? That's all it is. Use your special ability, then jump and shoot? Right. Anthem at least gives you variety of gameplay if you're into the action side of it. Because I'm trying to platinum the game, so I've been playing as multiple javelins, and each one has specific play styles 
and they're all really fun to play as. So at least there's there's longevity with the game in the sense that it's fun to play as different javelins. But as far as talking about Bioware, that it's a huge step down from what I'm used to from them. And I can only hope that they're going to go up from here, but the future is dim as far as we don't even know what the hell they're doing. Last I'm last sure thing we got. No, they don't. Last thing we got was a little tiny teaser about Dragon Age 4. Um and that that's been 2 the, years the ago. Teaserist of all teasers. A year ago, a year and a half, I don't know. Too long. Much too. Did long. you see the teaser for Dragon Age 4? I hope not because if you haven't beat 3, it's kind of spoilery. I feel like I did, but I don't remember. All right, good. I won't say anything then. Dragon Age 3 leaves you in an, in a state where you're like, shit, I need to know. What the hell? And it's been four or five years now, and we still don't know. They're following along with uh, CD Projekt Red. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, CD Projekt Red taking their dear sweet time with uh, Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. They did announce today with the coronavirus things that they're not set back by it. Because they said they've equipped their devs to work from home. So everything's proceeding as planned and people are working from home. But I feel like that hardly hardly matters. The game was supposed to be out in like a month. So I feel like they're already close to their end game anyway. Less than a month at this point. Yeah. It was supposed to release mid-April. April 14th or 15th? Yeah. And now it's September, I think. I mean, at least I'm going to have something to do for the holiday season. Especially if the new consoles get pushed back. I don't know. But beyond that, back to RPGs, where I keep straying from my overall question and my overall answer, because it was extremely hard for me, because I had to really stop and consider everything between Witcher and Dragon Age and all the games that I love. But at the end of the day, for me, and this was extremely difficult to come up with, but if I were to go back and just play a game over and over again, which I have done, and the most time I've ever put into a video game, and I actually was listening to the soundtrack while building the, a diorama in the garage today, and I was like, yep, I'm going to play it again. My favorite fantasy RPG of all time at this point in my life is Dragon Age Inquisition. Witcher 3 was... It was close and I debated between them, but Inquisition takes the cake. It takes the cake. I'm going to play it again. Nothing else I can do. I've completely done everything that can be done and explored in that game, but I'll play it again because I want to. Right? Yeah. It's a big one, too. There's a lot of shit to it's do It's massive. That. Not as big, I don't think, as Witcher 3, though. I could be wrong, but I don't. I don't think it is. I don't know, I'll have to play them both again and figure that out. But if we're talking overall RPGs of all time... Oh, gosh. Yeah. That's too much. Then that's a whole nother that's hour segment. a can segment. of worms. It is a can of worms. Mass Effect. Because I would have Effect. to stop and think. Mass Effect 1, dude, is so good. It is. Oh, yeah, I'm still on your Xbox tonight. Do it. i got to play Mass Effect 1. Yeah. I've got to. And then you get to Part 2. and Of all RPGs, as far as consequence, everything overall, Mass Effect 2 may be the greatest RPG of all time. Overall RPG. As far as you can lose characters, 
I mean, every choice matters. Everything's phenomenal. As far as overall RPG, well, I... Mass Effect 2 oh. gets it simply because you can finally have sex with Tally. Oh, yeah. And I don't know. I never did. Yeah, she's my woman. I love her. I was... I was Actually, I was Ashley. <laughs> and, until... Wimp. Right? Awful. Until last year... Ashley sucks. She does. I realize that. She's an ass. Until last year when I replayed the Mass Effect games. And then it's like, nah, Liara all the way. Yes. Oh, yeah. Until PB comes along. But you're not same race shepherd anymore, so no, that's don't true. Matter. Yeah, Mass Effect overall RP Bioware, man. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And I mean the entire show right there. Play Bioware RPGs. Quarantine? Are you quarantined for coronavirus? Play, Play Bioware RPGs. Bioware games. Period. Yeah, even if you like, if you're just into the shooter shit, then hop on Anthem and go loot. Because that's all it is. Not a lot of great story there, but there's some... The overall story is decent. You'll figure that out when you beat it. But mostly you're just kind of rooting around for gear, trying to upgrade your javelins. Which kind of sucks. But they are retooling the game, so we're going to get a No Man's Sky kind of redo, and that should be interesting. I don't know. We'll find out. Um... Of all the RPGs I wrote down, though, honorable, I mean, honorable mention ends up being, RPGs in general ends up being Skyrim and Fallout, um, and Wasteland, but Bethesda's never going to crack the, the top tier for me. They're always, while they're decent, they're always just not quite as good as I'd like for them to be. Fallout 3 was the best one they've done, I think. Fallout 3 was pretty sweet. Yeah. But again, it comes down to, like, to me, Bethesda's RPG-style games, they're key ones anyway with the Fallout series and the Elder Scrolls series, are... I don't want to say it the way it's going to sound. They're very generic RPGs. Like, the stories are vast, and stories are pretty good. Characters are pretty cool. Um, but you have zero dialogue options. Um, I mean, you can flip through and talk to people, but... doesn't matter. You literally just go down the list of each thing you want to say. Right. It carries no weight to it. Nothing. Um... Can't really develop any real meaningful relationships with your companions. No. Uh, which, in the other direction, you can't really make enemies, except for what the game tells you is the bad guy. Uh, I, you know, there are RPGs in the sense that you can choose your skills as you level up. Right. I think that's why I liked Part Three out really of all of the games. A role in no, and that's why I like Fallout Three because it really emphasized lone wolf fallout 3 you were your own guy doing your thing out there after leaving the vault so it worked to the fallouts or to i guess bethesda in general to what they seem to tailor their rpgs towards they're kind of built for a lone wolf type of setting like if you try to include the world or you try to include other characters it doesn't work skyrim is a great example 
You have this massive world-changing thing Skyrim, that you're doing and nothing matters. Skyrim, you literally only take companions with you to carry extra shit. Absolutely. They don't they matter. They serve no other no. purpose. You don't care about them. You might, but your character doesn't. No. You're, and like, the overall I world. Lydia. Lydia was awesome. Right. Character didn't care about her. No. At one point, you, I married her, but it doesn't actually infect affect anything. At all. She just stays at my house now. <laughs> right. Like, doesn't even carry my shit anymore. No. Right. It's the same deal with the overall world. You save the world, and then you stroll back into town, and everyone's like... I used to be an adventurer like you. <laughs> until I took an arrow to the knee. Exactly. The, but there's, it doesn't matter. Like Dragon Age, where as you develop relationships, it actually opens new dialogue, allows you to unlock different routes, different yep. story trees. Uh, same missions play differently... Based on who, how close you are to certain individuals. Yep. You know, like the whole, um, what's the one, the DLC for Dragon Age 1 the, with the mirror? Witch Hunt? Witch? Oh, yeah, Witch Hunt, yep. Is it called Witch Hunt? Yep, where you go after Morgan. Yeah. yeah. That played, oh, that played oh, different for me. So good. Because the character I loaded to play it, she was my romance option. Right, same for me. So, I wasn't just hunting some witch who escaped, I was hunting the woman who... I had sex with, and she took my child from me. <laughs> right. Which you find out in that. You're like, what the hell is yeah. going on? So it's so different based on the choices that you that you oh. make actually matter. I think almost spoiled something for you. Cause oh. You already spoiled that Morgan's in it. In part three? Inquisition, yeah. Yeah, okay. I won't spoil anymore. You actually, need, you, you need to beat Inquisition. You didn't spoil that for me, uh, uh, uh. Tommy back back home did, because he had he had this really really cool statue. Oh, I know, I've seen it. That I had no idea. I was like, it looks so good. That's a really cool statue of Morgan. Yeah, yeah. And but I didn't know it was her because the detail they put into it. I'm only used to seeing her in Dragon Age One. Yeah, she's in the full blown yeah. Orlesian gear. So and I was like, that. that's a cool statue. And he's like, oh, it's Morgan from Inquisition. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? That's my woman. I didn't oh, know she was in it, dude. It's so good. It, oh, it's so good and it's so old. It's my own fault because I haven't played it, it so long. But it's the same thing we talked about the other day. If I openly tell you, hey, I haven't played that yet, stop talking about it. Correct. Yeah. If you don't know and you say something, well, that's just casual conversation and it's my fault for not right. playing it. But if I say, hey, I haven't seen this, I haven't played this, stop talking about it. Yeah, we, we can talk about that for a minute because that actually directly links to uh, Quiet Place. Oh, God. Yeah. Where you said you you had not seen it, you do not know. I hope I hope he listens to this. Then <laughs> it was spoiled for you. What, that's what, what it always comes down to when you're talking about. Let's let's say a movie. Just throw some random. Let's say it's called A Quiet Place. Sure. Let's say it's directed and starring. I don't know. John, John Krasinski. Krasinski. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the guy from. Uh, 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 Jack Ryan, that guy, the guy from The Office. Let's say yeah, he, just pull a guy out of your hat. Yeah, That's the just one. out of the hat. Let's say it's about creatures, and you have to stay quiet, or they'll find you and kill you. You know, just pulling it out of the hat. Yeah, I like where you're going. Yeah, somebody should make this movie. They should. You're it's talking about this movie, about the sequel coming out. That's fine. That's dangerous territory for me because I hadn't seen the previous film. But when you start talking about it, and I literally say, "Hold on." <laughs> I haven't seen the first one yet. And then you say, I'll be surprised if this happens in part two because this happens at the end of part one. 
there's a brief period of time for the next couple days where you're no longer my friend. I don't care what happens to you. You can get hit by a bus. I'm going to be sad after those days pass, but during those days, you're my enemy. Yeah, this is a voice of experience. Yes. We we had a we had a interesting situation where all the events we've just um described the whole as... conversation I was dead silent too, just staring at you like Yep. Yep. Like, is he gonna leave? Is he just gonna keep talking? And then nope, guess what? He kept talking. It he totally kept... happened. Everyone has those conversations where Yeah, so now yeah. a movie that I really wanted to see, I you have don't almost, see anymore. I have almost no desire to see it because nope. I know And the ending's probably really good. Yeah. Or yeah, okay. Or really bad, depending but anyways, it doesn't matter when I know it does what's coming. Yep. It you know, takes what, all of that's the That's what happened with um the the two shining examples for me. One is breaking bad. Oh. I got into the game really, really late. By the time I started watching it, nobody cared about it anymore. Nobody talked about it except for yeah. the diehard fans. So I was fine. Until I got to season three and then for some reason out of the blue, talking to a group of friends, I'm like, oh yeah, I just started watching Breaking Bad. And they're like, oh, isn't it terrible when blank happens? Ugh. The very last season. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Spoiler alert if anybody hasn't seen Breaking Bad. Have you seen it? No, but I've, I've been spoiled on everything. He dies it. in the end. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. Like, they told oh, man, you that? Yeah, man, it's awful that he dies. Like, what? Why would you say I just started I and just someone you, tells you I the I just ending. started watching it. And right? you're going to tell me that the oh character gosh. that I had been attached to after three seasons... And go on for another four seasons, you're going to just tell me now that he dies. I haven't watched it again since. I have no desire to see it. And I would have been okay with him dying had I naturally progressed to, to that, that point. point. I get you. And it's the same thing with one of my favorite shows in recent years, Vikings. Such a good show. And then I'm talking to a friend, and I'm literally telling her, because she's the one who tried to get me to watch it for years and I never did. I'm telling her, oh yeah, I'm on season three. Literally tell her those exact words. I'm on season three. And she goes, oh, if you think that's bad, wait until blankety blank happens <laughs> on season four. And I legit, like I, I was pissed at her and I told her, I was like, why would you do that? Right. I just told you I was on season three. And she's like, oh, I know, crazy, right? Like, no. No, it's not crazy. Fuck you. <laughs> exactly. You ruiner of things. <laughs> Mega Karen, order of toilet paper, it, summoner of managers, and, and then I was complaining about it to another group of friends of mine, and they were like, "Well, you had to have seen it coming because it's what well, story it's based on." I said, "It's based on that character. There, there's no indication that they're actually going to follow the path." Yeah, you know, just because it's based on Ragnar doesn't mean they're actually going to cover the siege of, uh, uh, I don't even remember now, France or some shit. Yeah. There's some big raid that Ragnar actually supposedly did. The show doesn't necessarily mean the show is actually going to get to that point. And if you've seen one season, you know that. He had a long life. And if you've seen one season, you know that you're like... Oh, yeah. That is not exactly historically Not even close. So you had to have seen it coming. No, I really didn't. Right. Well, the same thing happened to me with Sons of Anarchy. Oh, yeah. Absolutely phenomenal show. And a certain character dies that really kind of took me out of it. But then I came in late to the game... So then I see this character die, and I'm already on the fence, and then I hear from someone else about how it ends, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm done. So I never finished it, because I don't need to. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's another one. Yeah, it probably would have been I great. Got, but I got all the nah. way up to season... How many seasons are there at? Five? I think. Uh, what's his name dies in two? End of two? Opie. 
Yep. Season three, I think. It's the end of three or the middle of three. Maybe there's seven seasons. There's six or seven. I don't remember, but I made it all the way to the second to last season. Yeah, like I, I got I got to four. All of it, and only had the last season to watch. And it was my cousin, who was like, "Oh, we're talking." I was like, "Yeah, Sons of Anarchy is really good." She's like, "Oh man, isn't it terrible when Jack dies?" I was like, "What?" <laughs> She's like. Oh, yeah, he dies at the end or whatever. I was like, I yeah. haven't watched it yet. And then she goes down the list of every other character that it Oh, that no. Dies. Every what? other character that dies. And then how they die tells me all of it. All of it. And I was like, this is why I don't go to family reunions. I can't stand <laughs> any of you fuckers. You're all terrible. Oh, terrible geez, people. man. Just, wow. That's I, I don't like spoilers anyway. Like right. we talked about this before about minor things. When I talked about watching I was a day behind watching Game of Thrones. A day behind. I couldn't watch them on Sunday when they aired. I would yep. watch them Monday. But I wasn't watching them on DVD. I was watching them as they aired. Right. Just a day behind everybody else. And my buddy gets on Facebook. Oh, and no, I, I got on Facebook and said, listen, I'm a day behind. Don't post things on Facebook or you will be deleted immediately. I don't care. And a buddy of mine gets on there and posts, all I can say is the next episode will really piss you off. Don't tell me that. Don't say anything. Whatever's going to happen that would piss me off, I'm going to naturally expect to be pissed off now. Yep. And it's not going to have the same effect. So even small things like that irritate the shit out of me to the point where I can't stand you, you fucktard. <laughs> right. So to actually go beyond that and tell me not one, but... Four main characters that die all in the last season. I would not care if you cease to exist in this world. <laughs> Period. It, no. Fuck you. Yep. You know I haven't watched it yet. Shut up. Yeah. I know, and we spoil a lot of things on here, but like we take the time to tell you, hey, this is spoiler heavy. Well, not only that, we're but, going to tell you things, right? If you're if you're going to listen to the show, you should expect if it's anything previously existing, like anything, down to Champions of Norath, way yeah. back in the nineties. If we're talking about it, it's going to get spoiled, and you should also know by now if we're talking about anything new, it's going to get spoiled. Yeah, if we are talking, we are spoiling. It's very different from listening to a podcast and then somebody just sitting in to, in front of you to your face telling you how something ends. Absolutely. Well, for one... Because even on a podcast, I can be like, oh, man, shit, they spoiled that. Maybe this isn't the podcast for me if they're just going to talk right. about things willy-nilly. I can't do that when you're my cousin. Correct. And I've known you since childhood. Yeah, you should know by now, as far as our show goes, we spoil everything. We do. But yeah, if you're just randomly talking to a person, you've already set the parameters. You've already told that person, hey, I've seen this much of this. And this like, is okay, the point that I'm let in. me tell you the other part. Yeah. Yeah. That, Let me tell you what you can expect. Exactly. You can expect everyone to die. Yeah, I'm not into that shit either. And everyone's death is so bad anyway. I In care, most shows, yes. Terrible. Oh, I'm still talking about Sons of Anarchy. Oh, absolutely. Sons awful. of Anarchy is, is one of the worst shows ever and one of the greatest shows ever all the same I time. still, I mean, it's a damn good show. It's a great, awful show. Yep. It, Breaking Bad, and I've, I've seen none of it, but I have had every bullet point um, spoiled for me. So at the same time, I can say about Breaking Bad, it's one of those, same deal. It's a great and awful show. Because I've had everything spoiled for me. Mm -hmm. Without watching a single episode. 
just willy nilly. Oh, but I was for me. balls deep into season three. Yeah, that nope. sucks. Um, did you see Kurt Sutter got fired from Mayans? I did see that. The creator of Sons of Anarchy gets fired yep. from the spinoff show, and the creator of the spinoff show he created that too. Yeah, and he was also the creator of that uh, bastard executioner. Yeah, that I got I'm, canceled. It did. I never got to watch it. Actually, I think it was his decision to cancel it. Oh I, yeah, he I, said people aren't watching it. I don't want to continue it. Yeah, I'm not going to waste my time. He said, yep. which sucks because it looked good. It did look good. But man, as as far as standard network TV goes, I don't waste my time. If it comes on Fox, NBC, Sci-Fi, especially Sci-Fi, especially Sci-Fi, I'm not going to watch it because it will get canceled. People are like you are the reason it gets canceled. Yeah, that's not true. That is uh, not true. What is it called? Defiance. Defiance. That was like one of the highest rated things. It was the highest rated show Sci-Fi's ever had, and they canceled it. They did. Four, three seasons or something. Why? Yeah. This show's getting too many views. Get rid of it. Sci-fi just showed a trailer for the new show, and it looks really cool. It's got like a... It's obviously sci-fi. Um, <laughs> no. It has, yeah. It has like a Guardians of the Galaxy and humorous feel to it. Like, oh, that looks good. And then I realized it was sci-fi. sci-fi. Like, I'm not no, going to watch right. it. Yeah. Give it two seasons, and if it's still on, then I'll give it a shot. I mean, chief example, The Expanse. Oh, yeah. It was their biggest. Now they're like an Amazon original series. No, it ain't. No. It's not even. But it's rock and roll on Amazon. People uh-huh. are watching it. It's a great show. People were watching it on sci-fi. They were. Sci-fi is just run by Fuck monkeys. <laughs> exactly. Or that. Fucktard monkeys. Fucktarded monkeys. <laughs> I mean, they had the Night Flyers, George R. R. Martin's sci-fi show. Absolutely phenomenal first season. Canceled. It got canceled? Yeah. It's on Netflix right now, so maybe they'll pick it up someday. The Strain? Did that? The Strain was on FX. That's right. Never mind. And it actually had a complete run, but I can say the books are 400 times better than the show. I'm just at the point where, like, if I write anything and it gains at least a small following and somebody calls me or approaches me about making it into a movie or a series and that person is sci-fi, I'm going to turn them down. Absolutely. Like, no. Like, you want to give me all the money? I'm good. <laughs> You're going to give me every money? Nah. Nah. I'd rather I, my show not get no, canceled. No, I don't think I will. <laughs> I don't think I will. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's... I'll give it to one of those channels that plays, like, Chicago PD that lasts for, like, 45 yeah, years. Yeah, CBS. Yeah. Give it to CBS or NBC, and you're good forever. Give it to one of those shows and put firefighters in it, and it'll never <laughs> get canceled. Put a firefighter, a doctor, or a policeman, and you're good. Or just call it a certain city. Like It's a, it's a science fiction, in like, Chicago. way in the vastness of deep space, and you're like, Chicago aliens. <laughs> <laughs> and then they'll be like it's a Friday night premiere event of a new episode of Chicago Fire Chicago PD Chicago MD and Chicago, Chicago aliens. aliens all of them like, I got a pitch an idea for you it's called Chicago Aliens You're like how would you like to sign for 17 seasons <laughs> I, I guess it's a lot of writing so, alright 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 15 seasons and a spinoff fuck fine <laughs> I'll shit it out. Uh, that's how it is. It's just copy and paste episodes like they do. But dude, we went to Chicago last year. And if you remember, driving into the fucking city, there are so many billboards about TV shows. Yeah. I and they're all Chicago. Away. They're all Chicago. Chicago BD. Chicago FD. Chicago Fire? Ch- yeah. Chicago something else. Everything. There's, there's like four different shows that are called Chicago something. Dude, I'm not kidding you guys. So we live in Indiana. We're only like three and a half hours from the heart of of Illinois, Chicago. 
And if you drive down 65, you will see no end of billboards about television. And not only is it every show based in Chicago, but it's The Arrow and Bob's Burgers and old shows. There were billboards about friends. It's like people <laughs> in Chicago don't do anything but watch television because there were so many billboards. Like, I fully believe all the ratings come from, like, Chicago alone. Chicago and New York. They're yeah. the guys who decide what's good and what's They're the not. ones. That's it. If they get watched in those two Nobody's markets, watching that's the expanse it. in Chicago. Cancel it. Exactly. We've still got 45 million viewers. Cancel, Cancel it. Cancel it. There's no room Give for it to billboard. Amazon. Cancel it. Make room on the billboard for Chicago MD Fire Part 2. Oh, how do we get off into talking about TV shows in Chicago? We were talking about RPGs. My personal show, Chicago Prostitutes. <laughs> Written and directed by Patrick Coakley. By Gilson B. Pontes. Gilson B. Pontes. Hey, that is a beautiful segue. <laughs> Back, Back into, into video games. <laughs> Back into glorious, mind-bending, record-breaking RPGs. We got uh, the games by Gilson B. Pontes. You know, I hope someday hears this because I honestly never played a single one of your games. <laughs> I think they are hilarious looking. Their comedic value is astronomical. It's like a Steven Seagal movie. But just the credits alone, anybody who has a PlayStation, get on there and look up Spear of Destiny the Kaiseki. Yeah, or the Azamunum. Sword Spear of Fortress, Sword of Fortress, the Automusum. Yeah, look them up and just watch the trailer because the trailer is like nonstop credits of a game by Gilson B. Pontes, music by Gilson B. Pontes, written by Gilson B. Pontes, directed by Gilson B. Pontes. Yes, I don't even know what Gilson else. B. Pontes, but his name shows up like forty-five times, and it's. He could have easily just said a Gilson B. Pontes game. And no. skipped everything else. The no. confidence of this guy oh, yeah. is Off astronomical, man. I just... Like, the the self-securedness this guy yeah. has to give himself that much credit for games that don't even look that great. But it's echoed in the fact that they're $20 games. Yeah. Sony keeps putting them on sale, though, dude. You can get them both. <laughs> you can put it, get them both in the set now. The Epic Game Collection or something or other. They're on there all the time. The Gilson B. Pontes. I think he was getting ready to do a third one, too. Oh, please. But it's great, though, because, dude, all it takes is a thousand people out of curiousness to download it. $20,000. Yeah, mid bank. Yep. And he's a one man show, so, you know, he's paying himself yeah. for all this time. Oh. Employee of the month, Gilson B. Pontes. Guys, if you want. And if you are the type of people that are strange like we are, and you can sit down and watch a full-blown Steven Seagal film and enjoy it for oh, what it gosh, is. Oh, gosh, here we go again. Then take the time to at least sit down on YouTube and watch someone play Spear of Destiny the Kaiseki or Sword of Fortress the Anamuzim by the one and only Gilson B. Pontes. You uh, will not be disappointed. Like most of the videos on YouTube are like 10 minutes long because people get tired and give up. Um, but it is comical and, and the hilarious. The reason they're ten minutes long is they like they spend that amount of time trying to find a single enemy. And there's nothing to find. There's nothing. No. And there's no map. There's, there's no, no direction. Map. There's no objective. There's, there's houses really, you can't go in. Here's here's the grassland, and here's your character. Yeah. Now go. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what you get. 
Go. And if you do find Fly. an enemy, you'll just Be fight that enemy die. for 25 minutes. Yeah. Like then, we watched one video. It was like 32 minutes long. He fought an enemy for 22 minutes, I think. Yeah. Yeah. A single enemy. And it was like the fourth time he fought him because every time he went up there, he kept getting killed. This enemy would obliterate him. And finally, the fourth time, he kept like going up, hitting him, and then dodging away, and then hitting him, and dodging away. It was hilarious. And then that fight lasted like 22 minutes. I will say this. Gilson B. Pontes. Yeah, of all the things I've said, you know, Matthew McConaughey and Ryan Reynolds listen to the show and listen to EA and all that stuff, all that shit. It'll never happen. The one person I could see listening to the show at some point in their life would be Gilson B. Pontes or Steven Seagal because they have (laughs) nothing else to do with their lives and they may accidentally stumble upon our show. Steven Skull is a huge action star. <laughs> he's he's big in Russia. <laughs> so of those two guys, you have given us no end of entertainment. It and we love you. Because look, you had a goal and you set your goal. And while you, you didn't get what you wanted, <laughs> I do love you. You have brought... You brought happiness you to brought my life. You brought happiness to me. When you're sitting there as a huge action star... And I'm laughing at your entire movie. Uh, don't be insulted. No. You have brought pure joy to my heart. Pure unadulterated this, joy. What feels like a comedy, even though it's meant to be a super serious, <laughs> dramatic uh. movie. It's. I love it. Every Stephen Seagal movie now, is just pure. It is pure comedy. It is the epitome of the true only thing funnier, true comedy in film. The only thing funnier than. Steven Seagal's movies is seeing Steven Seagal in South Park. That's the funniest thing. <laughs> and I thought they would be stoked I on me. I thought they would be stoked on me, but then they're not stoked on me and they say I'm fat. Oh, this I love piggy it. This little piggy goes in Fast and Furious. <laughs> and this little piggy goes straight to DVD. Oh, guys. Yeah, now you, we're just rambling about We shit. are, but if you take nothing else from this, you can have pure, unadulterated enjoyment. In Steven Skull and Gilson B. Pontes related content. Check it out on YouTube if nothing else. It's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And in a moment of inspiration, yeah. if you're tired of what you do and you wish you could do something more, more productive, if Gilson B. Pontes can make a video <laughs> game, so can you. So can you. If Steven Skull can make a film, <laughs> so, so can, can all you. of us. So can every soul on this fucking planet. Except for right now because coronavirus, so don't go outside. I don't, don't know. Make a film. Tom Hanks supposedly has it, and he's still directing his movie. Is he? I don't know. Actually, I think I think last. I time think we, they're quarantined. He's quarantined in Australia. Yeah. Self quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. Now that I said that, I remember reading an article where he's in Australia. Did you see the doctors gave him company? No. They they rode in a volleyball with a handprint on it <laughs> to keep him company. He. He's a good sport. He took a picture of it and posted it up on like Instagram or something. Very nice. Yeah, the dude, the dude is awesome. Tom Hanks. Is I love a, Tom is Hanks. A cool dude. I was he actually just cool watching dude. an interview uh, on the Graham Norton show, which I love the Graham Norton show. And Graham Norton was interviewing Tom Hanks, and I think Gwyneth Paltrow, and um, Tom Holland, and someone else. And Tom Holland was talking about the evolution of the suits, and uh, how in Iron Man one, Tony Tony Stark. Robert Downey had to wear a full suit. Yeah. And I by only Iron Man 2, he was only wearing the torso and, or the shoulders and the rest of CG. And he, Tom Holland's like, it took me five movies. This is my fifth movie, and I'm just now getting a zipper on my suit so I can go to the bathroom. <laughs> and Tom Hanks is like, 
Oh, you earned it. And then he leans back and acts like he's smoking a cigar and he goes, when you've done enough movies, I feel like you reach a point where you earn you earn a zipper and you've earned it. Just cracks me up because everybody knows Tom Hanks. He's been in like 142 movies. Yeah, he has. And they're all phenomenal. Even if they're not, he's phenomenal. Yeah, look at you, Saving Private Ryan. Oh, it's one of those. Which is one of the best and best, worst most movies. infuriating yes. movies of all time. Yeah. Somebody with an American flag on their shoulder should have shot that motherfucker. If you've seen it, you know what we're talking yeah. about. I will say, Saving Private Ryan is one of those films that I watch once a year, only to regret watching it when I'm done. Yeah. Because it's so good it. it's and so, so good. bad. Yeah. But. But yeah, I see that guy and all I think is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Mutiny is insurrection. Punishable by death. Um, now, shorter your fucking weapon. We have one, one round. round. All right. You know what? No. I'm going to take a few minutes. Yeah. We're, we're at the end of the episode, basically. We've bullshit- we'll go to another intermission because I think I know where you're going. Yeah. I want to go that way, too. Yeah. We're going that way. We've bullshitted around the point of RPGs. We are now at the main point, the only point that matters. And if you're still listening, listen harder. <laughs> Doom. Yep. The film Doom. Uh-huh. With The Rock and Carl Urban is fucking awesome. Yes. And I will die on that hill I as long do. as all the other hills that I've died upon. <laughs> I've reincarnated and died on so many hills. But that movie no, is No, it's phenomenal. just one massive hill. One, it's a mountain. Of, of all the things that I enjoy. This is my hill. <laughs> There be a dragon beneath this hill guarding my treasure, but this is my fucking hill. Yeah, no, Doom's Doom on it. is amazing. It is, man. That movie is so good, and all the people who were like demanding a remake because the first one wasn't good, they can kiss my dick. Yeah, <laughs> all of them, <laughs> every one of them, stand in line. It's a good movie, and I blame you, fuckers, who complained about it. I blame you guys for the travesty that's on Netflix right now. That oh awful, shit! Annihilation awful, or something? Terrible, like nineteen ninety four level CG. Yeah, steaming pile of horse crap. <laughs> if you just let good enough alone, Doom may have never gotten a sequel anyway. But I would have been perfectly okay living in a world where that was the only Doom movie we had ever. It's so good because that thing is awful. If you're going to make another one, if you're going to make another Doom, it needs to connect to that movie. Make Doom 2, bring Carl Urban back, and have the entire movie him in hell. Just like oh, the games. Oh, absolutely. Just like the games. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah, because... I don't care. That movie is amazing. And I, honestly, that movie is some of The Rock's best acting. It is. He is so good in that. He's gone on from that to do things like, you know, George. <laughs> George! <laughs> that Rampage movie I that like I cannot the is, handle. The problem is The Rock, and I love Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I'll always, I'm so happy that he's uh, Black Adam. I oh, can't wait. me too. But I feel like he's reached the point now where he almost doesn't have to try. Yeah, he's people are so, going to go he's, watch He's it. the biggest star in Hollywood. I think so too. Period. I think, I'm pretty sure like the last time I checked, like he's like the highest paid celebrity right now because he's got his he's hands. the most marketable yeah he's and he's got his hands in everything from yeah. movies to still do with the wwe yep and you know like i think a clothing line and just different things um and he's just such a cool down-to-earth person but he's reached this point where he doesn't really have to go out and put a huge effort into things yeah most of the things he does are going to be successful because he's the rock with a few exceptions like Baywatch. very few yeah very very few exceptions but in his 
the earlier parts of his career where he was really trying to break into acting. Of some of his best Some films. of his movies, his acting in them is so good, including Doom, Walking Tall. The number one. The greatest, I think, acting Great that's Iron ever Man. been done by Dwayne The Rock Johnson is the movie Faster. Have you seen it? I haven't. It's it's not an action movie per se. It's oh. a it's it's a it's like it's a drama with action in it. Okay. And he is okay. off the charts good. And I don't know if it made a lot of money, but it's one of his best films and it shows that he can really act. Like if you want to put him in a serious role, he can do it. Like it's probably the sole I movie think, where he doesn't drop one-liners every 5 minutes. That's what boils what it boils down to is not even that he doesn't try to be a great actor. It's everything he plays in now is his character is funny. It's based in... Yeah. Like, if you look at Jumanji, he does Jumanji really well. Yes. But they're playing on the comedic side of it. Right. And I miss those days of, like, Walking Tall, where he was super skinny, and it was a super serious movie. And it that was, was a good movie, good. man. Um, the Rundown. It was a funny movie, but he his part was serious, and yeah. he did a really good job in that role. And then back to Doom, where he's the, the villain of the movie. He's the straight Yeah, and he's guy. not funny in that one. He's not No, at that's all. a good movie. Oh, I love that movie, dude. And Carl Urban. Carl he Urban. wasn't big then. No, he wasn't. Which at is, all. Which I, I wouldn't say that he's big now. He just doesn't play enough. And he needs to. Yeah. He needs to. I think The Boys has really helped his career. Because it's huge. And he's gotten a lot of pub off of that. Good. I love Carl Urban. Now he needs to. Dread 2. Do- I was going to say Doom 2, but yeah. Dread 2. Doom Dread 2. <laughs> Film them both back to back. Release them at the same time. <laughs> I will say this. All right. All day in the theaters watching those movies. So guys, we've covered a lot of things in this episode. We've covered RPGs, even though we've been all over the fence. We don't know what the fuck we're doing. Yeah, no no, no clue. But at the end of the day, Knights of the Republic, Dragon Age, Mass Effect, uh, Skyrim, Fallout, Witcher, Divinity, Pillars of Eternity, all the RPGs while you're on quarantine. Play them all. Do it. The other thing to do while you're on quarantine. Watch Doom. It is. Watch Doom and watch Dread. Focus your time on Carl Urban. I forgot about Dread. You dude. will not be disappointed. Dude, Dread is fucking phenomenal. Do you still have that six kill figure? I do not. I sold him. Why? Yeah. Why? Because they have two versions. Who cares? They have the blue version. Yeah, I know. You got the blue one. And the blue one's not the film version. No. So after a while, I was like, no, I don't want this version. So I sold him and made, made decent money on him. I want the black suit. I want the actual film version of Dread. So that's the I'm one with that you, I'll buy. I just I don't think I would have sold the blue one except to, to buy get the black one. Yeah. Or once I got the black one, then get rid of it. Yeah, there's no because telling what I did. Not having it is worse than having <laughs> than it. Than having none at all. Yeah. yeah. I mean it's inaccurate, but it's still Carl Urban as dread. I have a problem with bu- selling back. something with the intention of buying something else. And then once I get the money, I don't buy anything. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna sell this guy and buy this. And then I sell him and just keep the money. Right, <laughs> Don't Dutch, buy anything. <laughs> calm down. I have a plan to buy a figure. I just need, need money. money. Oh, let's not do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But guys, while you're on quarantine, while you're all battling coronavirus and surviving it and coming out on top like humanity always does. Don't get too excited. Yeah. Yeah. The average person who catches the coronavirus only has a 98% chance of survival. Shit. So 2% chance of death. Well, so, guys, hold so on you for all down. you've got. Only 98% chance. Yeah. So, you know, hold tight and fight it. Yeah. We'll be praying for you. Yes. Now, Lots the, of prayers. Yeah. At the end of the day, in your quarantine with all the rest of us, 
play some RPGs, watch Carl Urban films, drink some beer. If you can't think of a single Carl Urban film to watch, watch Lord of the Rings. There you go. He's in it. He is in it. Yeah. That's a good way to end it, too. That meme that I saw of Bilbo Baggins holding Why the... shouldn't I watch them? Why shouldn't I watch them? <laughs> All of them. Oh, yeah. Guys, take a week off. Recuperate. Yeah. Enjoy life. Play RPGs. Watch Carl Urban films. Watch Lord of the Rings. And maybe by the next episode, we'll have something actual, you know, legitimate to talk about. But yep. we probably won't. Probably not. Can't Any... go to the movies to watch anything new. That's true. So... Poor Vin Diesel. Poor Bloodshot. That movie, yeah, it's going to tank because of the coronavirus. I don't know. It could be one star trash. I haven't seen it. But I'm well, not yeah, going. Well, yeah, I guess now we'll never know if it yeah, I'm was not really going bad to see it. or if it was just because of the coronavirus. Yeah, I'm not going to see it. I want to see it. I was super excited to see it. I'm not going to see it. Me either. I'm not sitting in a theater with some coughing person next to me or someone kicking my seat. It's coronavirus on their feet. I'm out. People uh, sneezing and yeah. spitting and I'm out snotting out. all over the place. So Vin Diesel, he may have the last film to ever come out in theaters. <laughs> Movies all go directly to demand from now on. Which Blood I'm okay shot with. the final film. <laughs> Never have to leave the house again. Just go to work, go home, watch all the new movies. Go yeah, to work, I'm down go for home, that. watch all the new movies. Absolutely. I don't like leaving my house anyway, so. Yeah, I'm with you. But guys, thanks for tuning in. Grab some beer. Enjoy the quarantine. Uh, <laughs> enjoy the yeah, quarantine. Live life to the fullest. Just don't, don't watch quarantine. Yeah, no, fuck that movie. <laughs> don't infect any old people. Well, be sensible. Be cool. Wash your hands. Wash your damn hands and sing happy birthday while you do it. And don't panic about all this. Absolutely. Just be sensible. Wash your hands. Absolutely. Stay clean. Don't oh, touch your face. That's only right. the faces of your enemies. Go out and buy all the toilet paper so you can wipe your ass because that's what matters. Wiping yeah. your ass. Uh-huh. There's a coronavirus going on. Wipe your fucking ass. All right. So cheers, guys. <laughs> wipe your ass. We'll see you on the next one. We have spoken. <laughs>